TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Two Guys and a Mic Show. Thank you so much for joining us, the big dog and the coach at your service as we do each and every Friday, each and every weekday, quite frankly, from 10 to 11, one hour a day, five days a week, five in total. Producer uh, extraordinaire David Olson on the other side of the glass. We're set for a great show today. Every Friday during the football season is always special. We call it a football Friday here on the Two Guys and a Mic Show. Get pumped up for a big weekend of uh, College football, pro football on Sunday. If you're into high school football, you got a three-day extravaganza as the high school football state playoffs going on here in the fine state of Illinois, and I would assume in most uh, states throughout the country. So we're set. Football Friday here on the TalkZone.com. Big Dog not yet with us. We're hoping to get a call in from him. Of course, we're going to play Beat the Schmoes, our uh, Famous football prediction or infamous football prediction game. Other shows play Beat the Pros. We here in the Two Guys at a Mike Show play Beat the Schmoes. I'm coming off a 3-0 and week last week. A lot of pressure on me. I'll see if I can produce. But I, I did look over some NFL games. Some weeks, you know, you, you struggle to find some games you really like. I picked out four, and I don't overanalyze. I go by feel. I go by the smell test, if you want to call it that. I go by hunch. And I just look at the games, and uh, sometimes, man, you got to really pick and choose. None of them really stick out. Maybe there's one or two games. I had four this week. So I'm reading my nice uh, Friday morning paper with a nice cup of coffee. Looking down the games, going over the analysis, and I will just kind of, you know, look quickly at who's playing who, who's at home, what's the spread. Oh, doesn't look right. Circle a team. The smell test, if you want to call it that. But uh, make your beat the schmoes football predictions, 888-463-6748. You can email us at mike2guys at aol.com. Oh, yeah. We got a little baseball going on as well. I forgot the World Series. San Francisco Giants uh, absolutely destroyed the Texas Rangers yesterday, 9 to nothing. They're up 2-0 in the series. Don't count the Rangers out yet. If anybody hadn't told you that, I'll be the first to do so. Do not count the Texas Rangers out just yet. I do believe. I do believe Ron Washington and the boys are going to come back and win this series. We'll see. Doesn't look good. When you, when you psychological, when you think of the fact that you got to win four of the next five games, that's pretty hard. That's pretty tough. You got to forget that and you got to go back to your own home place and just win a game. Win a game. Once it's two to one, everything changes. Everything changes. If you start thinking of boy. The only way we can win this thing is we got to win four of the next five. That becomes a little daunting. So just uh, one game at a time, very cliche here, one game at a time. Win that first game, win that second game, send it back to San Francisco and see what we got. And I'm actually mistaken a little bit. And again, baseball fans, you want to check in, talk a little talk a little uh, World Series, you can do that too. 888-463-6748. When I made the comment, the Rangers or the Giants absolutely destroyed. The Rangers 9 to nothing. That's really incorrect the way the game went. The final score was destroyable. It didn't look pretty. The final score was 9 to nothing. But in fact, for the good majority of the game, through what? 
Seven innings until the San Francisco Giant, or the, uh, God, why do I keep mixing up the team? The Texas Ranger bullpen completely blew up. It was a pretty tight game. Good pitching matchup. C.J. Wilson going up against uh, Matt Kane, who's become the star of the playoffs thus far. Let's welcome in our Beat the Schmoke contestant, our Football Friday co-host, and least of all, or most of all, depending on your point of perspective, my good friend, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, how are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, Coach, on this football Friday. So uh, yep. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, you described the game pretty well last night. By the Again, way, don't don't take it personal that I listed good friend third among those three categories. That oh, was, I didn't even notice you said that. Oh, good. That, just, that went right past. That was not an order of importance. Of course, the good friend first and the fact that you're a football expert comes second. Uh, I do appreciate that, Coach. <laughs> and to be honest with you, that it is more important to me, yes. the football expertise. Yes, it's all about uh, personal relationships, Big Dog. That's what makes our lives rich. The pocketbook, the money, it can help a little bit. But personal relationships, truly, the enrichment of life, unfortunately, does not come with a credit card. Well, i got plenty of friends, but I, I don't have much money. <laughs> have you uh, enriched yourself lately in the uh, social life as a bachelor in the city of Chicago? Uh, life is good, Coach. Life is extremely good so, here in the city of Chicago. So you have been enriching yourself. Oh, uh, there's 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 plenty of women that are are worried that they might be alone for the holidays. <laughs> Which holiday? Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, or all of the above? Well, well, lucky for me, I get to wear a mask at this particular yes. holiday. But uh, yeah, yeah, eventually I'll have to buy a present too, yeah. so they don't really realize they still will be alone for the holidays. Yeah. Some, you know, the end of this year. It's very sad to think of a, a young female, possibly a widowed divorcee, whatever it might be, alone. On a Halloween weekend, I'm sure you will be there to uh, comfort one and all. Uh, yeah, and the beautiful thing is, Coach, is I'm ugly enough, I don't, I don't even have to uh, pay for stop a mask. It, stop it. Stop yourself. You're a good-looking individual. Thanks, Coach. I Absolutely. appreciate it. You are a good friend. Thank you very much. All right, now you can break down the uh, World Series. It was a pretty tight game, was it not? Until yeah, boy, the, absolutely. It was you know a couple innings before Edgar Renteria hit the home run, and then it was they got another run, and then it was 2 nothing until the eighth, Coach. Is that right? Yes. You know, so, you know, two nothing to the Rangers offense, that, that's not a lot of runs. I mean, that's, that's a walk and a Josh Hamilton home run to tie it up. So Little did we uh, know when the manager went out to the mound, or the pitching coach, I think, to check on C.J. Wilson, who was pitching a great game, and they saw the blister. Uh, that was really the turning point of the game was the fact that C.J. Wilson got a blister because once he had to go out of the game, the bullpen imploded and it was no low contesto from there on in. No low contesto. Yes, that's okay. a legal legal term in Spanish. You like you can't contest it. Or is it Latin? Possibly. Possibly. Okay, just just one. I, I always get those two mixed up. Now, yeah, a couple <laughs> of things. Now he's he's got a blister. That's why they took C.J. Wilson out. He threw too many curveballs. He's got a blister. Hopefully, he can come back and pitch in Game Six. But yeah, he would. They wouldn't have taken him out. But I think it was the uh, the blister on the pitching finger. And that's huge. Think about what if he can't pitch in Game Six, and they got that, that would that would be devastating to the Rangers right now. Yeah. If any so, of our uh, listeners know a good Blistex uh, formula out there, a good cream that they possibly use, I don't know if it's hemorrhoidal or anything else, but anything they could suggest to C.J. Wilson, we'll take uh, certainly some of the better suggestions, and we'll pass them on to Nolan Ryan and the Texas Rangers because they need C.J. Wilson's uh, blister to heal quick. Yeah, extremely quick. No, I do believe Moises Alou has a solution for that, doesn't he? Ah, I forgot about when, that. When I say solution, I don't actually mean like like uh, liquid to put your hands in. 
but then again, I kind of do. I meant like that. Yeah. You remember because uh, Moises sure. would actually um, urinate to a cup and put his fingers yeah. in it. Absolutely. And, and I forgot what was the he just found that that protected his hands or I forgot yeah, the for reason. For some reason, it, it cured his blisters. I, did, no one else has ever tried it, so we really don't know if it's just him walking or if it really works. No, I guarantee other players have tried it. Nobody's admitted to it. There's probably even been more bizarre examples of that, but I do remember that. Moise Salou uh, going the route of a urologist, shall we say, to cure his blister problem. He acted just the way he did when uh, you know uh, he jumped uh, into the crowd and Steve Bartman got in his way. When mm-hmm. uh, he found out somebody actually called him out and was like, hey, Moise Salou, you know, urinates on his fingers. He wasn't very happy about it, if you remember, Coach. No. No, that's not the kind of information that you want released to the uh, general public. Which I don't blame them. No. But getting back to the World Series, let's not worry about the urological problems of Moise Salou. Uh, San Francisco up 2-0. I don't know if you heard me or not, Big Dog, but uh, I still think the Texas Rangers are going to find a way to win this thing. I know they got to win 4-5, to but uh, I would not count the Ranger out yet. Feel free to differ with me. No, no, you, you... I wouldn't count him out yet either, especially, you know, you got Jonathan Sanchez starting tonight for, or, or tomorrow for the Giants. So, Yikes. I mean, there's a really good chance that the, the Rangers could win that game. And all of a sudden, it's, then it's 2-1 and, uh, you know, game four happens. Anything, anything could possibly happen at that point. So mm-hmm. no, I, I, I would definitely not count the, uh, the Rangers out. How about Matt Kane? He has been, uh, unbelievable. I think it's ERA in the playoffs in the World Series. Zero, zero. Zero. We all talk about Cliff Lee, but Matt Cain has become Mr. Clutch in the baseball playoffs, big dog. It sounds like Butarski's uh, ERA, doesn't it? Zero point zero. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you, Coach. Did you, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched Matt Cain pitch a lot. Had you always seen potential in this guy? Is he pitching out of his head, or is he actually that good? Well, obviously, he's not so good that he can go through a postseason and, and not give up a run. So he is pitching a little bit out of his head. But you know, don't forget, last year, Coach, this guy had a you know ERA below three, mm-hmm. and he won like 16 games. And he's doing the, he did the same this year. And uh, he started out really bad, and he still ended up putting up really, really good numbers this season. So, you know, Matt Cain is one of those guys that, uh, you know, if, if you don't live on the West Coast, you don't hear too much about him. Because you're like the Giants and the Dodgers, the Padres. No one ever hears about those teams. And then, and if you're going to talk about the Giants in pitching, you talk about Timmy Lincecum. Mm-hmm. So he, he's a dominant pitcher, coach. Well, that's, he, that's like all year long we were talking about the starting pitching for the Giants, and he was always the number two guy uh, that I was talking about when I, whenever I brought up how they have a chance because of the starting pitching. You said last year he had an ERA under three because you can't say that in passing anymore. If you have an ERA under three, that's sensational. Oh, yeah, yes. And he's one of those guys, you know, he'll walk a lot of uh, batters typically, but he doesn't give up a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. He's going to throw a no-hitter before it's all said and done in his career, Coach. Hmm. He reminds me of Jason Smith, former uh, San yeah. Francisco Giants. That's yeah. exactly like his style of pitching is like Jason Smith. Who pitched in the World Series in 1993. By the way, our baseball historians here at the uh, TalkZone.com, two guys and a mic. Actually, our baseball historian is some guy named Clyde who uh, – comes in off the street and fools around with the computer every once in a while, truth be told. But uh, the San Francisco Giants, since they moved to San Francisco, Big Dog, 1958, never, never have won a World Series. Can that be true? I'm shocked, and could this be the first time they finally get it done? 
Yeah, of course that's true, Coach. You know, they've gone a couple times in 2002, and, and then that's when Jason Fish was in 93. The Phillies were the National League rep that year. And then uh, 1962. But I don't, I don't think the Giants have gone to the World Series wow. any other year besides those two. So Willie McCovey, Willie Mays, Bobby Thompson, Juan Marichal, all those great names, great players, great San Francisco Giant tradition. Never. The Alou brothers, too, don't forget. Who? The Alou brothers. Who could forget? The Flying Alou brothers. What wasn't Orlando Cepeda on those teams? Loved too? Orlando Cepeda. First baseman, might have played a little bit of right field. Forgot about him. One yeah, of the great was, names uh, in sports, too. It just rolls off your tongue. Yeah, the Giants had some really, really, really good teams. Orlando so. Cepeda. Have a couple shots of Jack Daniels and just sit back and say Orlando Cepeda a few times. That sounds, a, like a, sounds like a really fun night to me, Coach. Not a bad way to spend a Friday night. Don't kid yourself. I tried it a few times. Make sure you got the Orlando Cepeda baseball card so you can look at it to make the night really special. So you're here to tell me Clyde, our uh, off-the-street baseball historian, is correct. The Giants have never won it in San Francisco. No, the last time they won it was uh, 1955 in New York. Wow. So, how well, What kind of baseball fans are in Frisco? Are you feeling good for them, or are they uh, – Johnny Comlately's yeah. out in San Francisco. No, 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 Coach. They, they've been selling that place out for for years. Even after Barry Bonds retired, they were okay. still selling that place out. So, okay. yeah, I will uh, – I definitely have to – you know, and that's how I that's how I gauge if I'm going to root for a team is how much I want their fans to end up winning yes. it. The, the Rangers, you know, they used to fill that park all the time. And the last couple of years, you know, they were only averaging about 25,000, which is still, I guess, you know, it's about average for a, a typical major league team. But, you know, when they started winning this year, they came out in droves. But, you know, the sad thing is, Coach, is, you know, that team was in first place, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, they were playing uh, – that was when the Angels were making that surge this year and, and making it close in August. Yep. And uh, on a, it was a, a Saturday night game. Uh, they only drew, like, 18,000. And the Dallas Cowboys had to sell out 101,000, mm-hmm. and the ratings for the Cowboys on, on television were yeah. even better than the Rangers on television. It's a football city, Dallas. That's what for me to mm-hmm. tell you, Coach. I, I like your theory. When, when in doubt, if you don't have any great allegiance for either one of the teams, root for the fan base that's most avid, for the fan base that's waited the longest, for the mm-hmm. fan base that's uh, – the least bandwagging jumping. I'm a firm believer in that. So you're telling me I should be rooting for the uh, San Francisco fans. A long time coming for some loyal Frisco Giant baseball fans. Well, yeah, I, I would, I would, Coach. And this is like a, it's a close one. That's why, like you know, you always say, "Oh, I, I like the Pittsburgh Pirates, and mm-hmm. I want them to win." They, yes. They, they average like ten thousand a game. I, I don't feel bad for the Pittsburgh Pirates fans. Kansas City Royal fans. Yes. They're deserving of. I mean, they every year they they get twenty five thousand a game, and that team has. They're by yeah. May fifth, they're out of it. And it was funny because you normally on April twenty fifth, the Royals are in first place until they have their ten game losing streak. So mm-hmm. it, it's. Uh, I think it's a solid way to look at it because <laughs> you know what? I, it's hard to root for players, and you know I say this a lot because who knows what they're doing behind closed doors? It's really easy to look good in front of a, a camera and when you're getting interviewed. You know what I mean? Like Mike Dicka, everybody thinks he's a, a freaking saint. When you don't have a, a microphone and a, and a camera around you, Mike Dicka is a, is a POS. Actually, I don't think Mike Ditka is bothered by the camera. He can still prove himself to be a, a son of a gun, if you will. I, I'm not sure that's the best example you can use. But, well, I just had an ugly thought, too. If the Texas Rangers heed my prediction and they come back and win, 
David Olson, our political expert on the show, is there a chance if they had a victory parade in Arlington, Texas, that George W. Bush, the ex-owner of the Ranger, would come back and pull off like a Mike McCaspie and be smiling and waving to the crowd as part of the Texas Ranger family? An ugly thought, but uh, it just shot into my head. Yeah, that he, he definitely will, Coach. He, he's gone to almost all the postseason games already this oh, year. Oh, boy. Yeah, he got the memoir coming out, so he's got to get his face Oh, out that's there. right. Ooh, the memoirs? Can you yes. imagine? Yes. Yeah. yeah, which he yeah, had to push I, back well, till after you, the election. You can read it, no problem, because he won't get any of the punctuation right. <laughs> oh, boy. A lot of pictures in the George Bush book. Most of them are of Jenna. What's his other daughter? Jenna and... Barbara. Bar- Barbara. Yeah. Yes. Barbara Jr. How come women don't take on juniors, right? Barbara's the... No, Barbara's the grandma. Barbara's yeah. the grandmother, yeah. yeah. There you go. Big fan of Barbara Bush, by the way. All right, uh, football Friday, big dog. So uh, we're going to get to that. Any wrap-up on the World Series, though? 2-0. Give us a quick prediction when we come back on Monday, when we reunite big dog and the coach all over again Monday at 10 o'clock. Where might we stand in the World Series? You think 3-1? At that point, it'll be 2-2, but it'll be 3-2 going back, 3-2 Giants going back to San Francisco. Well, But you're saying on Monday it'll be 2-2. Yeah, the the, Red, the Rangers will win the, the two over the weekend. Wow. Like their pitching matchups over the weekend. So. A 2-2 I think, prediction. Uh, By the I way, think... the pitching matchups, just real quick, uh, Jonathan Sanchez going up against Colby Lewis for uh-huh. Texas. He's actually underrated. And then your wild card game four, you said it might be an unpredictable game. Madison Bumgarner going up against the man formerly known as Tommy Hunter. So, yeah, I would, I'm going to say the Rangers win both of those games, Coach. Interesting. And then game five would be uh, Lincecum versus Cliff Lee again. So you're predicting Cliff Lee will uh, bomb out again and the, and the Giants find a way to beat him. No, I won't say bomb out because don't forget uh, Lincecum didn't pitch all that well either. True. So th- I think both of them come back and just have dominating performances. Mm-hmm. Dominating. So, uh, But I do see the Giants winning in six. That's what I predicted before, and I'm going to stick with it. Okay. Uh, uh, one other quick note before we go to football. It is a football Friday here, folks. Uh, give us a call. Big Dog and the coach will play a little Beat the Schmoes, analyze the college football NFL games over the weekend, 888-463-6748, the phone number. You can always email us at mike2guysaol.com. Remember, Mike is M-I-C, and it's the number two. Clyde, our off-the-street uh, baseball researcher, Big Dog, informing me that the TV ratings, now it's early, series is not over, but game one, television ratings way, way down. 25% off of last year's and last year's. Even though it was, what, the Yanks in Philadelphia wasn't that great. So we kind it of alluded to it yesterday. Was... The World Series is not as special as it used to be, is it? Now, are you sure last year wasn't all that great? I thought last year was the first year it was okay. good in a long time. I'm, I'm just going on the notes that took our off-the-street baseball researcher Clyde gave me. So you might be right. Okay, well, no, no, no. I'm not sure about that, but I thought it was the, the Phillies and the Yankees last year were like, they were huge. But it, I, I do know this is, I, I've talked to a lot of my friends that are sports fans that they haven't even watched it. And I'm just like, oh, I'm disappointed. Of course, I'd like, but like last night I had work, I was refereeing, uh, you know, like the football games, yep. but you know, like people were coming up to me and they're like, hey, do you know the score? And like, I, I don't know, but, uh, you know, it's probably a pretty decent game, especially with who's pitching. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Florida State, North Carolina State. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. <laughs> Yeah, that's sad. So, if you're yeah. a baseball fan, that's sad. That yeah. the World Series, not only is it not water cooler conversation. It's, it's it, not even flag football conversation. Yes, 
It's barely even casual sport talk at this point. It's amazing. By the way, we're going to get to that North Carolina State game in uh, just a minute. Uh, Clyde has texted me, our off-the-street baseball researcher. He wants to know, Big Dog, uh, how he, if you have any hints, how he could enrich his social experience over the weekend. Do you have any uh, well, enrichment ideas for him? I would say baseballreference.com. I mean, heck yeah, that's that's a good one. You spend a lot if you spend a lot of time in front of a computer and you're a man, that's uh, that's the way to do it. You know, you, you can compare like Roy Smalley Jr. to Jerry Harrison Jr. I, you know what I mean? Like you can do stuff like that. It's it's fun. So. I, I don't want to speak for Clyde. I don't think that was the kind of social enrichment he was looking for. With with advice like that, doctor, you might go out of business real quick. Oh, I well, I would have to say make a lot of money the best thing I can tell Clyde. Work with me here, Big Doug. This is an entertainment sports talk show. By the way. So far have not been good. How about this for the schmoes, though? Uh, uh, against the spread. Now, it's a long way from over, dog. You're 14-9-1 against the spread. You're a half a game ahead of me at 14-10. and 10. And emailer Swamprat, who's a regular beat the schmoes player, he's at 10-6. and 6. That's a pretty impressive record for the schmoes. That, that's getting it done, Coach. All that right. is getting it done. All right, we'll see if we can get it done after the break. Stick with us. Better yet, join us, 888-463-6748. Mike, two guys, TalkZone.com. Quick break, back in a minute. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Hey! Oh! Oh, goodness. Good news and bad news for this weekend, big new, uh, big dog. The uh, bad news is the Bears are not playing this weekend. You know want to know what the good news is? The Bears are not playing this weekend. That is exactly correct. So we don't get to predict a Chicago Bear game. By the way, our obituary of the day, obituary of the week. It's been a slow month for obituaries, quite frankly. Not a lot of people what? dying. But yeah, well, well, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's been very all slow. You had all these uh, people dropping dead at the top of the month. Not celebrities. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Barbara Tom Billingsley, Bosley, Tom Bosley. Soft. Um, I have to look up, but there, there were several yeah. at the beginning of the month. If Barbara Billingsley and Tom Bosley is the best we can offer for our obituaries of the month, it's a, be honest with yourself. Don't kid yourself. It was a bad month for famous people dying. I am sad to report, Big Doe. I don't know if you're familiar with this um, uh, reptile. But Paul the Octopus passed away a couple days ago at the age of two and a half. Oh, Paul the Octopus, and you said reptile. <laughs> Don't get technical with me, young man. Just, just throwing it out there, Coach. All right. Paul... Two and a half years? <laughs> two and a half days? How old was this thing? Uh, two and a half years. Oh, so he... that, that's pretty young for an octopus. Don't it they is. Be like 100? Yeah, uh, no. No, no, no. I think octopus five, six years is a good, happy life for an octopus. If you're a lucky uh, octopus, you got a nice octi you can shack up with. You got maybe eight, nine years at most. 
Okay, well, that's uh, <laughs> it's good to know, Coach. I actually thought they lived to be really – is it squid that lives? I thought that they lived really – oh, it's turtles that live forever, Coach. Yes. Turtles that live like yeah. 100 years. Yeah, turtles, they, they can go on forever. Well, you know, they got the hard shell protecting themselves from – Disease, you vac- you give a little vaccine to a turtle, they can live forever. Paul they're, they're the never, octopus. They're never in a hurry. No, 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 no. Um, Paul the octopus was famous during the World Cup, and I'm not even sure how he predicted the games, what they did. I don't know, maybe out of his eight legs, if five of the legs pointed one direction. How did he do it? They, they put like a helmet or a puck or something in the tank with him. Okay. And whatever he closed up to, that was okay. his winner. All right, whatever he closed up on. But he predicted like every... Single, practically every single World Cup match, correct, Big Dog, including he had Spain going all the way. Paul the Octopus became famous this summer, and I'm sad to report, hate to make this show a downer, but Paul the Octopus did pass away peacefully in an aquarium a couple days ago. You know what? It was uh, somebody from the Netherlands, some Dutch dude decided (laughs) to kill it. Just because of a bad prediction. And, you know, you should see the, you know, I'm making predictions, too, on YouTube. You should see some of the stuff that people are saying about me, Coach. About you? I'll tell you something. Yes. These people from Wisconsin need to get a freaking life. Oh, my God. This is your your uh, predictions you make on ChitownMix.com website. Yes. I predicted against the Badgers, and some dude threatened to kill me. <laughs> Seriously. I left it up there. My buddy's like, you better take that off. I'm like, no, I want people to know the type of pressure I'm under. Some other dude, I said something about Troy Smith. And, by the way, my Troy Smith thing, you're talking about the nobody watches the World Series coach? Yep. Uh, I did this thing on Troy Smith, who's starting this week instead of uh, uh, Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. And it's got three times as many views as my World Series stuff. Interesting. It's, it's unbelievable. I don't I don't get it. In some, I never uh, knew Troy Smith was that popular. Neither did I. Now, are your new predictions for this week, are they uh, up on the website for all to see? They should be up anytime today. My, uh, okay. my uh, producer... Uh, let's just say he had it coming out both ends is the uh-huh. best way for me to put okay. it. He got the, he got the, forget the Asian flu. He got like the Bangladeshian flu coach. And you do not want that. <laughs> not good. Uh-uh. Don't even know what it is, but I'm just going to assume not good. No, it isn't. Not good. Are you, uh, now I know each week on your predictions, you remove another article of clothing. Are you, uh, fully clothed this week or are you provocative once again? Uh, luckily I remembered underwear this week, coach. Ah, okay. Because your your special commando prediction was uh, not particularly good to look. Yeah, and commandos were very uh, unhappy about it too. They did not yes. want to be associated. No, why can you blame them? Can uh, I you cannot. Blame them? Bad week for octopuses. Bad week for commandos. All right, uh, beat the Schmoes football predictions. We pick any three games against the point spread. Got a lot of NFL games out there. Yesterday we talked about some good college football games. Dog, we'll make our predictions in just a second. But uh, let's talk tomorrow's games first of all. And I guess you got to start off with. Well, I almost want to start off with the Notre Dame story, but I don't even know if we can get into that. That, that is, I didn't hear about it until 2.30 this morning, Coach, when I got it's, home. I, to, I told you about it on yesterday's show, and I said, even though it was just one quick story a couple of days ago in the paper, I said, this thing is not going to go away. There, there's a, there's going to be a big story behind this. Well, let's quickly mention it, dog, for the fans out there that might not be aware, because we are the sports show that appeals to the non-sports fan. Uh, a, a young man was in uh, one of those those scissor lifts, and it was one of those things that you know it, that goes up. It looks like scissors as it goes up. Yep. And was standing there filming practice like they always do, except uh, you're not supposed to be in any wind over 30 miles an hour if you're in one of those things. And there was wind gusts up to 50 miles an hour, and the kid was up there filming practice. It came down, 
uh, he died uh, when when the when the thing hit. And like the sad mm-hmm. thing is, people were looking at his Twitter account and his Facebook, yes. and he had posted stuff like, "I, I fear for my life every day when I go up on that yeah. thing because the wind's going to yeah. knock me over." He was texting while he was up there. Now, how much he was kidding and how much was real, but he was texting. Like, holy bleep, I'm going to die. This wind is unbelievable. Right, right. And the university, after the accident, the university president came out and said, yeah. oh, no, it wasn't that windy out there. Or no. else he would never his his words were. the athletic director? Well, you know what? The, the AD is a pretty cool guy. And he walked across the field for a couple of minutes, and he basically said, my walk across the field right before that happened was fairly unremarkable. That was his words. And, and you know what? I trust him, but... If anybody listening to the show was around the Midwest in the last couple of days, if you know what Tuesday and Wednesday was, first of all, there were predictions of heavy wind. Yes, absolutely right. Some of the worst non-tornadic, if you want to call it that, winds that you know in recent memory, so we knew it was coming. They were two extremely bad days, and Big Dog, the tragedy has already happened. You can't bring this poor kid back to life, 20-year-old kid Declan Sullivan from Carmel High School here in the Chicago area, but how stupid can you be to have people filming up on top of a, what do you call it, a forklift? A scissor lift. Filming freaking practice. Who cares about the damn practice? I mean, that, and and there will be, uh, there'll be repercussions, let's just say. Has to be. And, uh, you know, like right when it went down, supposedly like the whole team ran over there to help the kid. It was, it was, it was really, really crazy. Now, they had, uh, did you hear the comments or the, the statement by Notre Dame? And I was like, that guy, I go, he sounded like a lawyer was the first thing wow. I said is like, he didn't say anything that, that could possibly add all to anything, but yes. try to get Notre Dame off the hook. And then because I watched on Chicago Tribune live last night when I got home at like 2.30, so it's like 3.15 in the morning I'm watching this. And the first thing Dave Kaplan says is, lawyer so-and-so. And yep. it was the guy, he was a lawyer. He was the one who made the comment yep. for Notre Dame. If Notre Dame is defense, can play as an effective defense as the uh, early spokesman in this situation for Notre Dame, they'll be in great shape. And are you sure they ran over to help the kid? Because the story I got, and of course we're hearing rumors now, but the printed story is that the Notre Dame football team wrapped up 20 or 30 minutes of football drills while the ambulance and the paramedics were taking care of the kid. But maybe maybe the coaches... According according to uh, David Cook, uh, he was the players were like not maybe the whole team, but a bunch of players ran over there okay. to check on the kid. I'm okay. not saying the practice ended, but yeah. you know, like the players were over there trying to help the kid immediately. Yeah. And defense of the coaches, maybe they were just trying to keep the kids calm and resume the order of the day, so as to make a, a terrible situation maybe as easy as possible. I don't know. I'm giving the coaches the benefit of the doubt there, but. Uh, you know, from from head coach Brian Kelly on to the coaches, whoever the video coordinator is, the safety guy out there. I mean, come on. Right. The problem probably is, Big Doe, they're so wrapped up in winning football games that you forget sometimes just common, simple logic. I mean, is it that important to get your practice film where you got a 20-year-old kid up there in, in wind gusts? Again, not just a sudden wind gust, but it had been terribly windy the last couple of days. Yeah, I, mean, I understand if there's just something out of the blue, yes. whatever. But you said it exactly right. It had been windy all day long, and when they were, we were told for yeah. what four or five days before, and I, I was preparing. I mean, I, I realized I was going to have to ride my bike downtown yeah. Chicago. I knew what I was in store for. Why, why so. would you even think of bringing the? I mean, the, the, first of all, the kids themselves—you don't want to 
blame Declan Sullivan tragically dead at the age of 20, but the kids themselves got to be smart enough not to climb up on a forklift. But uh, there does need to be adults who... That's a scissor lift, Coach. Huh? It's not a forklift, it's a scissor lift. Well, same difference. Not really. Those things are, like, purposely made to go up, like, in the air. I mean, I mean, and, like, people are... These are the, this is what it's made for, like, a forklift wouldn't be. So, and it specifically says, do not go over 30 miles an hour wind. It, it, will, it will fall down. Yep. So... Sad. Very, very sad. There'll be more on that story, too. You can't bring the poor kid back. You don't want to see anybody's lives ruined because obviously nobody at Notre Dame meant for that to happen. But there was some clear negligence there and just a very tragic situation. Notre Dame's going to be wearing. What's that? His sister goes to the school, too. Yep. I mean, that just. How is she going to be able to deal with that? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. unbelievable. Yep. Can't they? I think they canceled the pep rally today. Thought about canceling the game against Tulsa this weekend, but they're going to uh, instead have a little patch on their jerseys and dedicate the game to a 20-year-old Declan Sullivan. So just a tough, tough moment in college football, one that should not have happened, but tragically it did. All right, big dog, on, on the uh, football field, again, any of our fans out there, you want to comment on that, 888-463-6748 is our phone number. Big dog and a coach, 888-463-6748. Dog, give us a little, uh, you're going to sit down tomorrow. I know you always cook up something special. You're lying horizontally on your couch. you got the chip bowl there. you got your homemade goodies. What will you be watching and what results? Might we see in a great Saturday of college football? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be watching all types of Big Ten, SEC games, Coach. It, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I can, I mean, obviously I'm going to be watching uh, Illinois and Purdue with uh, with a lot of interest. And, of course, that game is going to be one of my beat the schmoes games here coming up. But uh, it, it doesn't matter, Coach. I'll watch, uh, watch Conference USA games if need be. Yeah, and that's one thing you and me have, have always agreed on. It's not always – the marquee matchup you have to watch. There can be great football or at any level. This applies to baseball, basketball, too. You watch two competitive teams, even in a smaller conference, it's still sports at its best. I know a lot of people wouldn't agree with us, but uh, I'm right with you on that. It doesn't have to be number one against number two. Yeah, but there are some pretty good games in the SEC this week. There's some great games in the Big Ten. And, you know, Michigan State, Iowa. I mean, that's pretty mm-hmm. big. Coach. That's it's. Like Michigan State playing games in late October that have national championship ramifications mm-hmm. against a. You know, I'm definitely going to watch it because you know we're used to Ohio State or or Oklahoma having it, but to, to see Michigan State play under this pressure, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of it, the hometown Iowa team suddenly in somewhat of a desperate state because they now they they lost Arizona, lost last week, so this is a huge game for Iowa too to get back in the major ball picture. Yeah, and and unlike uh, another thing that both of us agree on that other people might not, they still can play for the Big Ten Championship. And I know they had national championship aspirations at the beginning of the year. But if you, when in the, the season's done and you can say, hey, we're playing in the Rose Bowl and we're Big Ten champions, you had a great season. I don't care if you were supposed to win the national title and you didn't. If you can do those things. You had a great season, so I was still with a lot to play for, Coach. Excellent, excellent point. College football talk, Big Dog and the coach beat the Schmoes. Football picks coming up in a second. The storyline for the weekend, Big Dog, is three weeks ago, number one Alabama in the popular polls knocked off. Two weeks ago, number one of the popular polls, Ohio State, knocked off. Last week, number one of the BCS polls, Oklahoma, knocked off. You alluded to it yesterday. For the fans who missed our award-winning Thursday show, archives available at Mike2Guys.com, by the way, or TalkZone.com. Uh, Auburn. Auburn, now the BCS number one, and you alluded to the fact that 
maybe, just maybe we could have four weeks in a row of number one getting knocked off. Ole Miss is going to make it one heck of a football game tomorrow. Coach, check it out. It's going to be a great, great game. Auburn has a very, very good offense, but it's basically because they have the best player in the country this year. But they have a, their defense is not up to typical Auburn uh, uh, standards. Going on the road, they they'll, uh, Mississippi will be ready to play. This is going to end up being one heck of a ball game. So it's a barn burner. Uh, Clyde, the homeless guy who was our sports researcher, and I, I don't know if this is rumor or not, the Mississippi team, the Ole Miss team, trying to prepare against Auburn, the best player in the country you're referring to, Cam Newton. So incredibly elusive. They could not find a member of the student body, a member of the scout team, to liken, to simulate the speed of Cam Newton. So they actually, again, rumor from Clyde, the homeless guy, what they did is they put a Auburn jersey on a Greyhound. And they train the Greyhound to go from one end zone to the other. And all week long, Mississippi players practice trying to catch the Greyhound, Big Dog. You think that rumor is true? If it's not, it should be. Well, uh, I, I hope the rumor is not true. Just the simple fact that I I, I know those uh, people down in Mississippi, that coon dog is dead. <laughs> so if the dog gets tackled, that, that's a dog that's running afraid. Yes, that's that, that, that running scared, Coach. <laughs> Some of the best running backs, by the way. Are not necessarily the toughest guys. They're the they're the ones who are most afraid of getting hit. Running scared. Don't underrate underestimate the uh, the positiveness of running afraid. You, you know, coach, I played football with a guy named Garrett Sample, and yep. uh, he was the best football player I'd ever played with. He set the the record in, in Illinois for most touchdowns in the season our senior year, and legitimately, I was I had a block on every one of them. But he, like before the season started, he kept running this out. I'm so good. I'm so good. I was like, but Garrett, you run like a total, well, I won't say the word, okay, but it, everybody knows what it is. And, he's, and he just like shrugged his shoulders. He didn't start the first game. The second game, he finally gets the start. And the kid runs for 200 yards every single game of like four touchdowns. And I swear yeah. to you, he ran because he, he loved football, but he hates getting hit. <laughs> and I, I'm not kidding you, coach. You could not catch this dude. Yeah. You could not catch him. He never lowered his shoulder and tried to get uh-huh. an extra inch ever. And it was like, that dude would have run to the sidelines faster than anybody I'd it, ever seen. <laughs> And that's the kind of guy you can time. A college scout can come and time in a 40-meter run. Ah, he's not that fast. But when he's being chased by a defensive lineman who's going to absolutely drill him with all 270 pounds, boy, is he a lot faster. Yeah, he was He was actually a 100-meter kid at Downers North. Okay. He was a really, really fast kid, Coach. Uh-huh. And you're, But you're right. You could not. You can say, oh, he's like a, a 4-5 guy. But yeah. he, he played like a 4-3 guy. <laughs> he played... He was the fastest football player yeah. I've ever seen out of field. Yeah. Running, running scared, big dog. That's what it's about. But you know what? I said that obviously in jest. It would not be the worst drill in the world to put a greyhound on the football field and have the defensive players try to catch it. Because if you haven't seen Cam Newton run, that's pretty much simulates what you got to do to try to catch up to the quarterback of the Auburn Tiger. Yeah, except he's the size of a phone booth. That's the only problem. Well, do they, do, are there even phone booths anymore? I probably said that there's yeah. like 15-year-old kids talking saying, what the yeah. heck is a phone booth? I, I used to use a basketball drill, or I'd simulate shooting form, and I would tell them, uh, I'd call it the phone booth shooting drill, where you have to simulate shooting out of a phone booth, and you're right, the last four or five years, the kids look at you like, what? What do you, they, The age 15 and unders today have no idea what a phone booth is. Yeah, so I, that was a bad example. Cause yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm telling you, I came up with a brilliant idea. Too bad I didn't talk to the old Miss coaches earlier. 
put a greyhound or some really fast dog out there and have the players try to catch them. You spend all week trying to catch. I'm serious about this. Now this is this is a brilliant idea by me. I don't know if it's brilliant. You spend all week trying to catch that freaking dog. All of a sudden, you come up against Cam Newton. It seems like a piece of cake. Yeah, the only problem is, though, you have to bring some thunder when you tackle Cam Newton. Uh, you can knock over a greyhound with a, a flick of a wrist. Right. It's a horrible idea, Coach. All right. Sorry. Nice. Sorry another, to another, your idea, but I just did. Another one of my brilliant ideas shot down. Uh, how about, now, first of all, Illinois-Purdue. As an Illinois fan, I'm a little worried about this game. I think Purdue might... Pull off the upset. Your thought here from a fighting Illini standpoint. I just want to that, – this is one of my beat the smoke picks, but do you want to get my prediction later, Coach? Right, let, do you want me to just give you my beat the smoke picks right now? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's okay, do it. Okay, so let, just let everybody know, Ole Miss plus the seven and a half. I love that game, even though they're playing the number one team in the country. Okay. So we just mentioned that. That's one of my picks. The other, Another one of my picks is, uh, uh, is the fact that Illinois, a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. I know it's at home, and I know Purdue has looked really bad this year. They're not as bad as they've looked, and uh, I, I just see it as a ball game. And, and Illinois is a really good football team. They're much improved, but them having a – if you're going to gamble and say they have to win by 17 in order to win, that's just too many points at this particular time, Coach. So, yeah, that's a really, really solid bet, uh, Purdue over Illinois. And then uh, lastly – my other game is the number two team in the country, Oregon, going wow. to USC. Woo! What's, Plus what's the spread? Seven and a half for USC. Seven and a half, this, okay. This is USC's bowl game, Coach. They don't get to go to a bowl game when the season's done. They get the limelight of playing uh, one of the top teams in the country. Everybody's uh, everybody's darling this week. Mm-hmm. Watch out. This is going to be another great football game, Oregon-USC. So I'll take the seven and a half points. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, the big dog, Joel Redwanskin, another award-winning edition of Beat the Schmoes on a football Friday. You want to compete against the dog, 14-9-1 against the spread so far this year. 888-463-6748, Ole Miss plus 7.5 at home against number one-ranked Auburn, at least according to the BCS standings. USC to knock off the other number one, Oregon. And I love your objectivity here. You're going against you're fighting my Illini team. My beloved Illinois team. My beloved Illini. Yes, and I know you're not picking Illinois to, to, to lose. Absolutely not. I'm but, just saying 17 is a lot yeah. of points, Coach. I'm just being practical, and yeah. I realize how good this team is. Pretty good, but yeah. I, I, I see them winning this game like 31-21. You know, 17 is a lot of points. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I happen to strongly agree with you on that one. Purdue uh, better than their record, which sounds very cliche. And, of course, they've lost – I think, you know, what they lost their starting quarterback. They lost their wide receiver, a potential All-American, Keith uh, Smith. They lost their great running back, Ralph Bolden, and their number two quarterback, Michael Rob Henry, rather. He might be out for the game. So they are down possibly to their number three quarterback, but somehow I think the Boilermakers keep it close. I agree with you. All right, yeah, and and go- they also lost 49 nothing last week. To Ohio State. Yeah, there's a lot of losses that have, have happened really quickly to mm-hmm. Purdue. But that was coming after uh, – Two victories over Northwestern and who else they beat? Minnesota? Minnesota, yep. 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 All right, I'm going to make my picks. We're going to let uh, Schmo number three, David Olson, who is uh, stuck in a one-for-two drought, and he's picked first sometimes, he's picked second. Today we're going to let David go last in hopes that we change this record around. David, I, I refuse to accept another one-and-two week. If you're going to lose this week, I fully expect an 0-3, okay? He, he's going 3-0 this week, Coach. You think so? Yeah. All right. All right.
We will see. All right, Big Dog, I'm going to go NFL here. We haven't talked much Sunday NFL. There's some pretty good games going on, including the Monday night Pittsburgh Steelers at, not Monday night, I'm sorry, uh, Sunday night. Pittsburgh Steelers at the New Orleans Saints. Monday night's not bad either, Big Dog. Houston Texans at Indianapolis, the Colts. That might be worth a uh, little bit of a look-see. That's going to be one heck of a football game on Monday night, Coach. Heck yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I am going to go. I had four games that I love. The one I'm going to leave out is Packers in an upset over the Jets. I don't feel super comfortable, but I got me a tingling feeling, Big Dog, and it might be something else, but it also might be football-related. Green Bay, even though they're injured and banged up Aaron Rodgers, has the game of his life, and they beat the New York Jets. But that's not one of my football, my uh, beat the Schmoes picks. You should. They're, they're six points. If you're picking that, they're six-point underdogs. That would be a, uh, an excellent pick for you. It would be. But my other three picks are even better. Cincinnati Bengals getting two point, getting two points. Bengals by two. No, no, I'm sorry. Give it up to. Against the Miami Dolphins, the Bengals are at home. I'm going to, you know what? I'm taking your advice. Can I change? You can do whatever you want to, coach. You haven't said anything yet. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't like that. I'm tired of picking the Bengals and getting snacked on them. I'm taking, I'm going with your advice. I'm taking Green Bay over the Jets. Go with the feeling. Okay. All right, this one I feel very strongly about. Redskins 4-3 and three at the Lions 1-5. and five. The Washington Wedgskin win streak comes to an end. Detroit at home. Giving up two and a half points, I will take the Lions. You like Detroit being favored in that game? That's interesting. Coach, if you go to my my pick that hopefully will be up sometime today, Detroit is one of my picks. Yeah. Are you surprised in the points? But 1-5 and five, Detroit, a two and a half point pick over 4-3 and three Washington. I am now just stuff that doesn't make sense is what you should pick nowadays. I am not kidding you. The Vegas always seems to be nailing this stuff. You know, like, uh, you look, why is Mississippi only a seven-and-a-half-point underdog at home? Well, they, I know it seems like they should be two touchdowns. Vegas has to know something. Why is Detroit favored at home against the Redskins? Well, Vegas has to know something. I'm taking the Red. I'm taking the, the, the Lions coach. All right. You're getting smart in your old age. You know that? No. I, I, if I was, I wouldn't be eating tuna out of a can. <laughs> Good point. Final game for uh, myself on Beat the Schmoes. Again, you want to play with us here, 888-463-6748. You can always email your three games predictions in college or pro to Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Seattle at Oakland, Big Dog. The Raiders scored, what, 59 points last week? Yes, I, I got to believe they keep a little mojo going. The Seattle Seahawks are coming off of two Really good games. One of them against our beloved Bear. I don't think they're capable of three good games in a row. I got Oakland. I feel pretty strongly about this one. Put it in the bank, if you will. Oakland, at home, giving up two and a half to the Seattle Seahawks. I hope it's a good game. I, I, you know, the, the Raiders were my turn-it-around team of the year. Mm-hmm. And the first two or three weeks of the year, I was like, I was totally embarrassed by it. I was like, man, I was off. But the last couple of weeks, the Raiders are looking like they're playing some good football again, Coach. I mean, they might be back. It'd be, it'd be nice to see, too, for the NFL to have the Raiders back. All right. You know I'm on a hot streak right now with my baseball picks, 3-0 and last week, so we'll see if I can keep my hot streak going. Ladies and gentlemen, batting third in the lineup. And, uh, Big Dog, I know you always have pencil in hand with notebook paper when David Olson makes his predictions. At least I hope that's a pencil you got in your hand. It's a pencil, Coach. Thank goodness. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. How are you, David? I'm doing wonderful. How's our election show special for next week? Any, uh, it's, it's coming along swimmingly. <laughs> Translated, Joel? Yeah, I got nothing. You got yeah. nothing. All right, what do you got for your predictions? Um, <laughs> we've got the uh, Jets a six-point favorite 
over Uh-oh. Green Bay. Don't you dare pick against me, young man. Take the Jets. Coming off, right. a, coming, off, coming off a bye week, extra week of plan, uh, mediocre Green Bay team, take the Jets. The disrespect I get on a regular basis here, Big Dog. Exactly, Del. exactly. Uh, Cincinnati, favored by two over Miami. Go with the Dolphins. Ooh, you okay. never know week to week what Cincinnati team you're going to get, and Miami is a much better team on the road than they are at home. Interesting. Was not aware of that. Um, Kansas City. Favored by seven and a half over Buffalo. That's got the makings of a trap game. I am taking the Bills in that. Interesting. Buffalo uh, playing much better mm-hmm. football than even though their record doesn't show it. They've yep. actually been competing. Yep. I do. Now, I don't think they're going to beat them, but I think they're going to cover. Kansas so. City Chiefs, big dog, arguably the feel good story so far of the NFL. Yeah, I would have to say so. Yeah, and it's. Uh... You know, for the last couple of years, they've drafted unbelievably, and they couldn't put together. This year, it's all starting to gel. All the, like the Brandon Flowers and the Glenn Dorseys and the Derek Johnson, they've got a lot of talent on that team, Coach. Any uh, connection between the fact that ex-co-host here on the Mike Two Guys show, Mark Carmen, is now one of the radio reporters, pregame, postgame, et cetera, for the Kansas City Chiefs? Do you think that was part of the uh, part of the reason for their success? Absolutely, Coach. There's nothing like a, like a 117-pound uh, Jewish young man to actually help your football team. Inspiring your team to new new levels. Yeah. Huh? Heck yeah, Coach. Oh, goodness. All right, Big Dell. What do you got besides the Beat the Schmoes football picks? You look at a uh, nice weekend of football. Are you going to go horizontal again on Sunday? Are you going to watch the ball games, Or maybe are you thinking with the Bears having a bye, are you going to take a week off of NFL football? Well, I'm, I'm going to continue to try to set up appointments. Uh, to recoup overpaid real estate taxes for homeowners in Cook County. <laughs> I don't know what's so funny. That's what, that's what I'm going to try to do. I need to make some money, Coach. Yes, it's just so, a... uh, that's, that's my job. Okay. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't laugh at it. So, uh, but uh, I hate to say, I don't know if I'm going to get any appointments this weekend. Uh-huh. So I might be watching football. So it's not bad, but I'd rather yeah. be making money. So I, I was laughing at the way that you incorporate that so smoothly, so effortlessly into the actual show. It's nicely done. I appreciate that, Coach. I am a professional. Yeah. <laughs> Reportedly. Unfortunately, you're not paid like one here at the two guys. No, no, in the absolutely mic not. That, that's the problem. Yes, that, I was talking about that with my producer yesterday. Yes. Sad but true. Mm-hmm. Sad but true. How about uh, Vikings at the Patriots? Brett Favre uh, might unbelievably, even with a couple of mini fractures in his foot, he might keep the streak alive and still start. What do you guess? Does he play? And if so, can they knock off New England? Yeah, and uh, don't forget, Randy Moss is going back to New England. Yep. That, to me, that's the story. Brett Favre always figures out a way to be the prima donna and get the limelight. He's like, oh, next week uh, everybody's going to be talking about Randy Moss and not me, so I'm going to break my ankle. Seriously, come on, Brett Favre. Why do you always have to be the story? <laughs> By the way, Tom Brady, who uh, he's remained somewhat under the radar of late, partly courtesy of guys like Brett Favre. Home games, I think the record is 20. Three consecutive home games he's won with the New England Patriots. That's pretty impressive in this day and age of parity in the NFL, Big Dog. Yeah, that's pretty incredible, and it also shows you they're a good team. Good teams win at home, Coach. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that is extremely impressive to, to win 23 games anywhere in the NFL. Yeah, especially with, you know, 15 years ago you would have said that there were some dominant teams, even 10 years ago, but today's uh, NFL, as we're all aware uh, parody hath hit. I don't say that again in a negative way, but it has. And uh, for, to have that kind of streak very quietly, not many people talking about it, that's pretty impressive. How about um, 
Titans at the Chargers. Tennessee checking in at 5-2, and two, having a good season. San Diego, sometimes this is the time of year, Big Dog, when the Chargers kicking it into high gear. Phillip Rivers putting up big statistics. Is this the uh, kickstart game for San Diego, another run, or are they going to lay an egg this year and Tennessee wins again? You know, I keep on being ready to pull the trigger on the Chargers, but if they don't run the football, no. If Phillip Rivers throws it 50 times again and they run it 15, they're going to get smoked again. So that's especially against the Tennessee Titans. You try to throw it every down, you'll end up getting killed. Mm-hmm. So that if, if the Chargers could run the ball this week, actually decide to, hey, we're going to run the football, they have a chance to beat the Titans. Otherwise, it's uh, Phillip Rivers who's going to be fighting for his life to get out of there without breaking ribs. That should be interesting to watch. Uh, again, good news, bad news here in Chicago. Bears don't play is both the good news and the bad news, but uh, not a bad Sunday to get out and enjoy one of our final days of autumn. Or uh, if you're a real football fan, Big Dog, it's a great day to catch up on some of the other teams that you don't normally get to watch. Some of us just watch Bear football. Maybe this Sunday we educate ourselves a little bit on some of the other teams. Yeah, I can watch anything, Coach. Yeah, it's uh, why do why do the Colts? Because I love watching the Colts play. Why do the Colts have to be on Monday night the weekend that the Bears are on the on the are on the yep. bye? You yep. know what I mean? I was like, man, because I, I like to watch Peyton Manning whenever I can. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Monday night it'll be right there for you. Be right there for you. Um, got a note here. I know you're a big Ultimate Fighting guy. I don't know if you saw this story or not, but UFC Ultimate Fighting Championships has uh, combined. Next year, they will be combining with the World Extreme Cage Fighting. Were you aware of that cohabitation between two of the uh, outstanding extreme sports fighting organizations? Yeah, UFC gobbled them up, too. So by, uh, pretty soon, there's going to be only one league, and that's going to be excellent. It's going to be when, when that happens, and there's, there'll be less places for uh, uh, what we call it, uh, Divadenko to run and not fight uh, Cain Velasquez now. So. Mm-hmm. See, I don't even know who those guys are. Kane Velasquez just knocked off Brooke Lesnar, right? Brock Lesnar, and heck yeah, I got to say, is uh, you know, everybody talks about like Kane Velasquez was measured throwing a left hook harder than any boxer ever. So people, you know, people are thinking, oh yeah, these guys, uh, you know, they're they're good at everything, not great at anything. Well, he punches harder than any heavyweight boxer in history that has ever been measured, coach. Hmm. 2,200 pounds of force in a left hook. Wow. That's he, over a ton. And he knocked, out, he knocked out in the first round. Is it Brooke or Brock Lesnar? It, it's, it's broke Lesnar. <laughs> I can't stand Brock Lesnar. I can't stand that guy. You have no idea. I was so happy that Cain uh, Velasquez beat him into a pulp. Yeah, he did not last uh, very long. Vicious, vicious sport. One that I certainly cannot endorse, but uh, sickos like yourself apparently enjoy watching it. Well, the, the, don't like boxing, Coach. Don't like football. Don't like either one of those sports if you're going to rip on uh, mm-hmm. alternate fighting. That's all i got to say to you. There's a little bit of a difference. Yes, David. No, yeah, there, there isn't any difference between boxing and ultimate fighting, Coach. Please explain it's, to it's me. The... Like, the, no, there's no difference, Coach. Why is there such hatred for Brock Lesnar, by the way? You know what it is? I think it's because he's so pompous and so arrogant is what it is. And have you seen him when he gets interviewed after fights and before fights and stuff? There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, a, I, you know, I always chalk that up to his pro wrestling background, to tell you the truth. So you think he's just he, hammering he, it he, up? He, he, never, he never got that out of his system because they're the ones that taught him to talk to the camera. And now, he never, Dave, did you, never, never got that out of his system. Did you Did you see him after getting uh, beat by Kane Velasquez? Because it was the best I've ever seen Brock Lesnar. 
Zuka got beat up really bad in there. He's a great champion, and uh, hopefully he'll give me another chance. And he was exactly what he sh- should always be. Uh, the, the day, and trust me, I thought it was kind of funny, but like when he when he finally won the UFC championship, he's like, everybody can boo me, but tonight I'm going to get on top of my wife and satisfy myself. I mean, come on. Come on. It used to, uh, and I thought it was hilarious, but then I'm more, I think about his poor wife. Really? Yeah, that. but have you seen his wife? Yeah, it's Sable. <laughs> she's satisfying? Oh, yeah. She, she's, um, yeah, she's ridiculously attractive. Very satisfying. Okay. Well, yes. You know. You can't criticize a man for trying to satisfy himself, but I hear you because he degraded his wife. I'm right with you. Yeah, it's, I mean, do you really want to say that? I would get on top of my wife yeah. and satisfy myself. I mean, yeah, at I the time, be. I laughed at him, not with him. But the more I thought about it, the poor, the poor woman. Yeah. Well, big dog, as we wind up the show, I hope uh, when we return on Monday that you will not be humbled as Brooke Lesnar was, or is it Brock Lesnar? It's broke. Left. Okay. I hope that you will not be humbled, and I hope that uh, you have a satisfying weekend. Maybe not in the terms of uh, Brock or Brooke Lesnar, but I hope you're a satisfied individual. When we come back on Monday, we'll be talking about your predictions that probably went awry. Uh, I hate to say it, Coach. <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> All right, dog. Behave yourself. Be safe. And uh, please don't let me read about you in the crime report. That wouldn't be any fun, not a witness. All right, there it is. Football Friday, wrap it up. Another week of programming. We thank everybody out there for listening. We much, much appreciate all your listenership. David Olson, our producer. Great job, Clyde, the homeless guy, you as well. We'll be back Monday at tennis, the talkzone.com. Two guys and a mic signing off. Have a great weekend, everybody.